and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where, alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath and let's go. Our guest this episode is even more into personal development than I am. Gunjani Patel holds many titles, including licensed mental health counselor, trauma specialist, and so much more that she'll tell you about during this episode. Gunjani is passionate about helping parents break the cycles of intergenerational trauma by healing their unhelpful patterns and reparenting themselves while learning emotional wellness so that they can show up as their best selves for their children and raise an emotionally mature and intelligent generation of kids. You can find her on Instagram at gpatelcounseling. In this episode, we talk about a lot of really incredible things. So you might want to have a pen and paper handy, get your notes app open, listen to this episode multiple times if you need to, because we talk about so many good things, largest of which is the knowledge that working on yourself is foundational. Hmm, where have I heard that before? Gear up because this is a good one. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I am so good. I am so excited to see your face and get this conversation going. Likewise, I'm so honored to be here and I'm so excited that you found me somewhere in the internet and now we connected. So this is great. Thank you, JD, for having me here. Looking forward to this next hour. Something good came out of Facebook. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, lately for me, something, a lot of good has been coming out. Like I have become one of those people. I I went through my postpartum journey. So when I was in the midst and thick of postpartum, I literally switched myself away from social media because I was so freaking scared of everything that was happening. All this comparison, all these people who were doing great on their display pictures, even though as a therapist, I knew that that's not how it is behind the display pictures. But I was just, woo. So I shut it off. When I crawled back out of my hole, I was like, okay, groups only, good accounts that inspire me or that motivate me or help me accounts only or educate me. And then I became one of those. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I love social media. (laughs) Uh, But I also learned along the way, good boundaries that I'm in charge of the content I allow into my world. And that worked wonders. We met. Here we are. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That is just such a prime example of curating your internet experience can actually make it a healthy experience. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. So that that was me and that happened. And here, you know, it's like it just it opened up doors to so many people that I wouldn't otherwise have had access to, you know, that I think as I was getting out of my hole, I'm very big on, you know, the whole mindset work, the emotional work and the energetic work. And I figured in my mindset world, I needed to know that there was safety out there in the world that, you know, there was this whole comparison thing and what are people thinking and what are people doing and what am I not doing and all of that. So I had to literally shift my mindset around 
okay, uh, I can allow that and I can control what I allow in my world. And then I dive deep into the whole emotional and energetic and I'm like, oh my God, this is great. I'm helping so many people. I'm impacting so many lives. People are coming to me. But I, I did all that as a result of me changing. All of that was changing around me. So I think it was like a, yeah, very holistic experience. It didn't just happen overnight, obviously like this, but um, it took a few months or years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the honesty there. It, like, it took some time, months, <clears throat> years. <Yeah>. We're here. <laughs> and here we are today. How would today you like to describe yourself to our audience? I am Gunjani Patel. I am a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, EMDR specialist, to be specific. And I am also now expanding into the wellness and transformation coaching realm. I'm becoming a certified breathwork facilitator. Uh, I'm a speaker, writer, and a podcast host of a podcast called Traumatic Transformations. I'm all about trauma. Trauma is my jam. I've been doing my private practice for 10 plus years now, and I absolutely love it. My specialty happens to be depression, anxiety, grief, loss, addiction and trauma, PTSD. And because of the current worldly situation that we're in um, and the rise in the mental health epidemic, it really burns me to see people experiencing so much stress, so much anxiety and not having the tools to deal with all of that. So I feel like I finally, after 40 years of being on this planet, found my purpose <laughs> that this next decade is about to be a bang and, you know, just sort of putting out in the world what I've learned in that four decades and just making a difference, making an impact, leaving this world a better place when I exit. So that's where I'm at today. Oh, that's a pretty good place to be at. Finally, I should say. Yes. <laughs> it hasn't always yes. been like this. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure that the longing has always been like this, but the ability to output is new. Oh, absolutely. It started with, you know, therapists have issues too. So we also go to therapy. <laughs> uh, and actually, I started my therapy experience when I was just graduating from my program, when I was becoming a, a therapist. One of the requirements that our program had was they were big on multicultural issues, big on social justice and big on you need to do your own work before you step out in the world to see what it feels like for others to show up on your couch. Thank if goodness. You do, and I'm like, oh, Right. Because for me, it was like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with me. Like, what am I going to go and do in therapy? And then a whole bunch of things happened. So, you know, <laughs> uh, it was a blessing in disguise. It was just like I totally needed that experience in order for me to know that, you know, emotions are not weakness. Seeking for help is not weakness. It's a sign of courage. It takes a lot of strength to ask for help, to say that something is up. I need someone's help because I was raised with you very, you know, self-independent and self-reliance. And it was just a lot for me to ask for help. And I know that there are so many people in this world that experience the same. So for me, it was just like, hmm, you know what, do your own work. Um, but in the guidance of others and mentorship and coaching, it is so much more easy and accelerated as opposed to trying to do it all on your own by yourself all the time. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. For me, when I was in school for counseling, all of us didn't enjoy being counseled. All of us wanted to counsel everybody else, but we're right. like, oh, right. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about today. What? 
Right, right, right. Exactly. Because, you know, when it comes to looking within, it's like, oh, no, I would normally give advice. And I, I'm big on not giving advice because I was like, you are in charge of your life. You get to give yourself advice. I'm just here to hold space and guide you, offer you suggestions. Doing Because, you know, in that realm, when I was becoming a therapist, it was like Dr. Phil was big on TV. And I'm like, that is not therapy, people. That is not <laughs> therapy. So nobody should be giving you any advice on anything. Therapy is about guidance. It's about, you know, seeing hope when there isn't any. Being guided, being healed, being transformed into the best version of yourself. You are in charge. Nobody else. And that was emulated to me by my therapist who was just absolutely unbelievable and just such an important part of my healing journey. So I was just like, oh, my God, now I got to pay it forward. So why not? Let's go. Yes. Ah, oh, paying it for. I love that. Someone helped me with my mental health, so I'm going to help someone with their mental health, and then they're going to pay it for it, and they're going to pay it for it, and that's how we change the world. Yes. <laughs> I am one of those dreamers and this optimistic being who is all about, you're going to change the world one person at a time. When we change, people, our relationships change, our communities change, the humanity of this planet changes. But, you know, unfortunately, not everybody has that attitude, but I guess that there's all a balance in all of that. All those that are listening to this podcast, I'm sure, are changing as a result of this inspiration that you put out there. Ooh, I'm leaving that in. That's nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, right? <laughs> yes, that is, that's the goal. I mean, if I got to change, all y'all got to change with me. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and I think people tune in because they get excited to hear content or people going through their journey, as you put in your you know, introduction, that we all have those moments. We're not step ahead or behind. We're all on our own journeys. And we take bits and pieces of what feels good to us in that time and connect with people that we need to connect with in order to heal, basically. Yes. So on the topic of journeys, what is your crying on your yoga mat moment or experience? Uh, I've been thinking about that. <laughs> there were a few, but I'll talk about one that was quite recent. And I actually correlated to preparing for today's show. One of my moments was, so I told you that I was in therapy before I started becoming a therapist or while I was going through that experience. So I always knew, like, my go-to was being a trauma therapist or having dealt with a lot of trauma in my younger days. I just figured, I mean, I'm still young, but in my 20s, I mean, adolescence was hard. I am going to say that. Um, so, you know, it was just as I was discovering myself more, as I was learning and as I was coming out, you know, and figuring out what's going on, stepping into this adulting world. Um, I had dealt with a lot of abandonment in my life. And so I had gone through a divorce, you know, and I had worked through a lot of that abandonment. And there was one moment, particularly in this past five, six years ago, I think, um, you know, because I had dealt with relationships that had not worked out. And again, it all stemmed from a lot of abandonment, perfectionism and rejection and all of that stuff, good stuff, right? So I've worked through a lot of that, but I think sometimes there's this structured mind and there's a soft mind, which is the emotional body. And then uh, you're, there is intuitive body, which is a lot of your spiritual work. I believe in very holistic approach, mind, body, and soul. And not just if we heal our mind, it's one thing, but then there are still issues there that I think can go deeper. So 
my crying on the yoga mat moment was I was very careful. Like I had promised myself after my divorce that I was going to continue to work on my healing and I would not let anybody in my life that wasn't in true alignment with who I was. If I saw any red flags, I was not going to continue to repeat the same patterns. Um, but then, you know, it's like, it's one thing to know that. And it's another to feel love <laughs> towards familiar patterns that yes. are quite dysfunctional. Yes. Um, so that continued to happen. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I was like, I'm a therapist. Now I know I don't need any help. But I was like, yeah, maybe I do. But I was like, no, I'll do the whole self healing route. So that lasted for a few years. And then the relationship ended. And I had promised, like I said, then I again, found myself attracted to somebody else that I knew that I shouldn't be. And I, I was literally crying on the yoga mat, boohoo, on the floor, fetal position, like, I need to go seek help. This is not right. I'm a therapist. I don't know it all. I need to be guided and I need help. And literally, kid you not, because, you know, like I said, most of my, when stuff happens, I'm just like, I'm going to find an EMD, a therapist, do an intensive, like two to three hour session, whatever, however long it needs, but I'm going to get to the deep, like depth of the issue. Because when I do the whole self-healing route, I think we play safe and we play in the whole mental back and forth ego neuroticism. And I think some of the this work requires, you know, staying getting in touch with your emotions, breaking your patterns and vibrating at a f emotional frequency of love and safety and not just, oh, I know I need to be doing this, but I don't feel it. I vibrate at shame, guilt, abandonment, unsafety. Uh, yeah, that continues to attract people that are just that. So I g expanded into my EMDR realm. So I was like, OK, I found someone. She really helped me. And next thing you know, I literally found my now husband in 10 days. I had been looking for 10 years because I was like, so like commitment for this, that. We've been married for five years now. Literally everything happened so fast. And it was just like, wow, okay, why didn't I think about this before? But I guess that was the journey. Ah, oh, that's so good. I love, oh, struggle for 10 years and then 10 days. It's like, oh, hey. That's it. <laughs> and it's not that I was struggling the whole time. Now I think I refrain. It was kind of struggling. And this is this is where I'm at with the whole concept of pain and struggling. Pain, we feel in our body. Pain is here to teach us. It's here to help us level up. It's here to rise. It, it helps us to learn and evolve in terms of our soul's evolution. Suffering is when we get stuck in that pain and continue to repeat those same cycles over and over and over. And we are like in that loop. And I kept myself there because I, I, in my head, I knew that I knew it all. But I'm like, how do I, I don't know it all. I need to be guided. I need to be held. I need to be supported through this experience like I do other people. And I need to let my pride and my ego aside and just step in and ask for help. Because clearly what I'm trying to do on my own is not working. <laughs> yeah. So eventually it got me through that point after being on that loop for a second. So that 10 years, there were a lot of learning moments. Now looking back, I wouldn't change one thing that has happened to me or in my life. Um, it totally was a gift and it's setting me up to who I'm about to step in as in this world now. And it has taught me so many lessons, so much wisdom, so much forgiveness, so much compassion for myself, most importantly, and then the other people, because I, I truly think that how we show up in the world is how we serve others. So the deeper we go, the more we expand. And I'm just like, yes, I'm ready for this. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what was the first step? So once you realized that, 
oh, wow, I'm actually not at the correct frequency that I need to be to attract what I'm needing. Aside from the EMDR and those wonderful things, what was your first action? So I moved from North Dakota, hold your horses, North Dakota to Manhattan, New York. Uh, Literally hold your horses. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was such a big change. So in that realm, in that place in my life, I was also learning um, as I was going through EMDR because my therapist was obviously teaching me the whole mindset stuff and the emotional stuff because you have to go in a little deeper than just, oh, I'm going to just reframe how I think. It doesn't always work. And it, it, it keeps us there struggling and anxious and overwhelmed and stuck. Um, So I think when we dive in a little deeper into the emotional world and, you know, figure that out, she was helping me with all of that. But while she was doing that as a part of my neuroplasticity, I I was going through that process in, I want to say, 2005 through 2008. And 2008, literally everything hit the fan and there was like this great depression again and the economy was, you know, all that stuff was happening. And in the midst of that, I moved to New York, but... I was also learning and I followed a lot of Hay House authors back then. So it was a lot of, you know, manifesting and all of that stuff that I was learning. I I started with the movie Secret. Since then, I've learned a lot, but (laughs) it it was cheesy. But I guess in my early 20s, I didn't realize that. But the idea was (laughs) that setting goals and the whole spiritual aspect of the work I started doing back then. So I knew how to manifest, but I wasn't able to keep at that frequency. I was able to attract what I wanted because I truly believe we don't get what we want. We get the uh, the frequency that we uh, are at, mm. the spiritual match that we're at. So even in terms of my relationships, in my head, I knew I need to be at a love frequency, but I didn't feel a lot of that for myself. And there was still all this abandonment wounds that were there. So even though I knew that on the surface level, I wasn't deep in there. So all the relationships that I was attracting were sort of matching the spiritual frequencies that or there were parts of me that were still stuck in 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 those abandonment wounds or um, whatever that season was for me. When I moved to Manhattan, it again happened very synchronistically and amazingly. So I knew how to manifest. So I knew that that was going on. So then when things happen, we get so excited and, you know, again, we don't learn when we're happy or in joyous frequencies. We learn when things are painful. Um, So, of course, things hit the fan and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I need to go back to knowing and doing what I need to do and now continue to maintain that as a part of my everyday mindfulness, meditative practices. So I I maintain it that level and not just I got what I wanted, so bye. Well, that's not what I want for the rest of my life, right? So we have to continue to grow, evolve, and change and keep that in mind. And now I'm like, so I just recently turned 40 and I'm like, oh my God, I need to do a deep dive because I'm like a PhD in personal development. Like I'm a personal development junkie. I just like doing myself because I feel that instead of worrying about, you know, showing up in this world and worrying about what people are doing and what comparing myself to people and staying in all this agony... I have now learned eventually to just retrieve all that energy back to myself and take care of myself and show up for the people that are more connected, more in like-minded, more thought leaders, more into working on themselves because that causes a sense of community. And I feel like I belong more with those people than, oh, what is she doing? How, why, why does she have a better house or a better car or more money or more of this or this children, that children? It's just, it's, it, it changed the way I look at things. So I just 
now and more and more into more energy work and more spiritual work because as much as I'm science heady nerdy like I love science I also feel like the other side of that coin is energetics and spirituality it has to be balanced absolutely it has to be balanced and it's oh it's a teeter-totter that the fulcrum moves on and (laughs) absolutely yeah because, you know, I just figured that knowing everything wasn't serving. It was knowing and that was great. But <laughs> what do I do with all this information? How is How do I make things happen around me that are easy, that is more in alignment, that is more in my truth and more in my essence, as opposed to just knowing everything? How do things just happen easily for me when I stay in that state? Yeah. So are there things that you do daily that help keep you at that level? Now, absolutely, yes. Like I told you, I was, you know, I started doing this deep dive. And when I switched my decade, um, I was, um, I became more holistic because I, I, you know, I started working on my body, on my mind, on my spirituality, on my emotions, all of those things have to be in balance. So for my body, I believe in movement and exercise and grounding and connecting with nature and just being out in nature more. So every morning I'll wake up and be in the sun or just, you know, stand on the ground and literally just thank myself for being on this planet, for being alive, for all of this that we do have instead of being focused on the things that we don't have. So I'll start, my mornings are my important rituals. And it doesn't always happen. Like sometimes I'll just start that with, you know, depending on how I wake up and what I want. I don't go to my phone directly. I'm like social media detox right now currently as we are recording. But I'm very big on taking care of myself in the morning. I drink all this soothing teas because I really also believe that the food that we eat, you know, our gut is our second mental health. So the food that I put in my body, the way I eat, the way I exercise, the way I move, it really has an impact on my overall well-being. What I go for is not happiness because I feel like happiness is a state and it's very materialistic and outside external driven. I go for more for stillness and well-being that being able to manage what I do have, even it might, even though it's not the most pleasant in that experience, not judging it, but just being in loving awareness of whatever I'm going through in that season and learning from it as opposed to, oh, I'm constantly striving for happiness because it's, it's a, I don't think it's normal. I don't think it long, it lasts. And I, I think it doesn't evolve us um, as much as it normally would. So um, that's my take on emotions. And so I'm also very big on emotions. And I'm like, you know, for my emotional health, I journal, I do a lot of breath work. So whatever it is that I'm feeling, whatever it is that I need, need to release, I do a lot of meditation, breath work meditation every day or at least two or three times a week because now I'm in the process of becoming a certified breathwork facilitator. So I'm in practicum. So we're in need of people to practice with and, you know, introduce breathwork to people who have not um, had that experience. So I, I have that as a part of my daily practice because I'm just, I need to be in my alignment in order to be just free, clear to accept what is and learn from it, not trying to change it and just wait for the next best thing. Um, then I also do, like I said, uh, grounding is important to me. So being in nature, like now I live in California, so I've become one of those eat, pray, love, hickey, hippie, hugging trees people. (laughs) Like I grow my own vegetables and I love that. 
it, I'm learning more and more to live in the present. In my 20s, I did all kinds of things that were dysfunctional and disruptive, but they were needed at the time and I got it out of my system. So I don't feel the need to do all of those things now or run through those things or escape from things because I didn't know how to handle my stuff better within emotions. So I've learned all that and I'm big on reading. So I continue, I continue to read and learn and become certified in this and certified in that. I'm like professional student of life because I feel like there's so much to learn instead of being in this, you know, whatever it is that we're going through in that season. And then I am very big on humor, playfulness and laughing and just mindlessness. Sometimes if I don't want to do things, I don't want to do things all the time. I just want to be in the moment, yes. be okay with not being okay. Um, so all of that is sort of a learning curve right now. So a lot of deep diving into self-growth, but the, these are some of the things that I find myself doing to sort of come back to my equilibrium. That's so wonderful. Oh, I love how big that list is and how accessible that list is too. And I want to hearken back on, you had talked about managing what you already have. And I think there is so much power in that because we've really got to get intimate with what we've already got going on before we add more to it because that's how we can sustain the more is when we're already sustaining what we've got yes and you know the thing is jd like i said i work with a lot of trauma in my um, in my world and i have learned over time that as babies we literally have just pure presence pure stillness that's what we come into this world with right based on our caregiving, based on the culture, based on the schooling, based on where you grow up, all of those things, right, we pile on. And then unfortunately, because we weren't taught emotional intelligence or spiritual intelligence, we take on other people's stuff and come to believe that that is us and lose track from who we really are, our essence, our pure presence, the love that is so existing in all of us, we don't tap into that when there is a lot of hurt, shame, guilt, anger, pain piled on top of that. So when we get through a lot of that stuff with help, like I said, but you don't have to be in therapy. You can be in coaching. You can be in breath work. You can do meditations. You can do self-healing. You can do a lot of energetics work, energy healers, whatever your season is or whatever you're going through. And whoever, if, if there's someone there to guide you through that process, it's so much more accelerated and so much more easier because, you know, and I know a lot of people in terms of the financial health too. It's like, I, like I was telling you earlier, I'm, I believe in spiritual health too. So I manifest or vibrate at the level of, I already know that it is here and having that faith and having that true intuitive surrender into, I don't wait for things to happen. I either make them happen or I create them or I vibrate a frequency and gratefulness of I already have it. And it didn't come like this, you know, it came through up and down and it came through experiencing and learning and tweaking and whatever. But if you go through it with others, it's much easier because then you you learn to claim what is already within you. And that is where your true north is. That is where your essence is. When you do things out of essence, it's so much more flowy, it's so much more creative, and it's so much more fun than... Let me make things happen and white knuckling your way through. Oh, this is so hard. This sucks. How do, how do everybody else make it look easy? You know, yes. they're also going through their own struggles, but we just don't talk about it because talking about struggles and vulnerability is not what we get taught. Yeah. 
And then there's me. I'm like, I'm going to have a podcast called Crying on My Yoga Mat because I cry a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we all experience emotions that are big and heavy and extreme. But if we don't get rid ourselves of those emotions, release them or learn how to get through them and process them, they stay stuck. And as a result of them staying stuck, we stay stuck. Yes. Because we stay stuck in those parts of us that were ruptured, vulnerable, or hurt in our early formative years, unfortunately. Yeah. And like you said, we get so comfortable with that. We're uncomfortable, but we're comfortable with the uncomfortability. You know why? Because there's this whole thing of in the world of psychology and in my, I'm also a hypno, hypnotherapist. And I would I was in, in my work and there's this guy, I think his name is Richard Trans or something. Um, and he talks about it's not the survival for humans. It's more familiarity. We go back to things that we're familiar with, even if those cycles were dysfunctional, even if those patterns were unsafe, even if those patterns were unloving. We go back to it because that's what seems, quote unquote, normal and safe to our system. So whether whatever it is that we grew up around is what is our safety. And unfortunately, at certain point of our life, it stops working. Things that worked for us when we were six stop or things that we were thinking when we were 16 or things that we think when we were 26 are very different because the frontal, the, you know, the neocortex part of our brain, which is for reasoning and thinking, doesn't completely develop till you're 27. So our reasoning and thinking and learning capacity continues to expand till we are 27. So if we stay in that rut, like what we, and when, when there is that overwhelm, when there is this, all this uncontrollability around us, when we grow up or there were certain parts of us that are traumatized or stuck or uh, severed, we operate out of those parts because that's what is saying that heal this part. Otherwise I'm trying to teach you and life is the only place where we continue to get the test before we get the lesson. So we have to get to the lesson. We keep getting tested. We keep getting tested. We keep getting tested. And it's like, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? The bigger question that I've learned to ask is what am I learning from this? Being more curious, emotions are not good or bad. They are simply signals from your brain to your body trying to teach you that I care about something. My values are affected. How do I learn from this pain and not get stuck in this suffering? What is this trying to teach me? That is one of my largest struggles. I don't know if you know Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram 4, so very emotional. I'm also, if you know human design, I am emotion-centered there, so lots of emotions. And I am so prone to getting stuck. And staying yes. in that emotion. And it's it's something I still struggle with every single day. My self-talk is getting a little bit better, but it's yeah. a huge struggle for me. Is there anything that you have in your arsenal that really helps you with that? So, yeah. So recently, more than anything, I'm diving deep into my emotional world. And what I tend to do is I close my eyes when I when I feel anything. Because emotions are, like I said, signals. They are simply, there are six or seven emotions that we normally tend to feel as humans, which is anger, joy, surprise, disgust, fear, and calm. So out of those emotions, just recognizing, hey, where do I feel, closing your eyes and sort of just taking a couple, two, three deep breaths so you unhook your mind. And if your thoughts come, you just notice yourself as a sky. 
and you just notice your thoughts go by and you keep breathing, staying with your breath, asking yourself, where on my body do I feel dash, whatever it is that you're feeling. So overwhelmed, we'll go with overwhelmed. Um, and you ask yourself that. And what happens is that when you don't feel, you don't heal. So you feel to heal. The more you bring your awareness to that part of your body, awareness equals consciousness, which equals healing. So if you just notice what parts of you are tight, what, what are you feeling in this moment? What are you sensing? Instead of judging any of that, just noticing, staying with your breath, where are all those feelings? Because again, even with feelings, feelings are the meaning that we give uh, an emotion. So let's say if the, an experience was threatening, the emotion is fear, because I just mentioned those six emotions. The feeling can be, to some people, based on your experiences and your perception, it can be horror, it can be nausea, it can be anxious, it can be overwhelmed, it can be scary. All these different feelings, right? Thousands of feelings, six or seven basic emotions that we experience. Or these days, studies show 27 different emotions that we feel and then all these thousands of feelings. Just noticing those, noticing, and when I say noticing, being witnessing, not identifying, not getting stuck into that, not getting, you know, sucked into the quicksand of that emotion. Just being, okay, this is where I notice this. This is where I'm experiencing this. And even language matters. So instead of saying, I am anxious, you say, I am feeling anxious. I'm experiencing anxiety. I am experiencing anger. Because there are some parts of you that are experiencing that. Because, but there are, there are other parts of you that are safe, that are present, that are loved. You know, so we don't become our feelings. We experience our feelings in our body as, as humans. That's not who you are, JD. You are experiencing any emotion in your body. So you just place your hand on, and there's this emotional balancing activity that I can teach you or your audience, where you just notice where you feel anger, let's say, or overwhelm. You notice where you feel that in your body. And just you keep breathing. You allow it to be there. And you say... I thank you for being here. You keep me safe. You keep me protected. The more you loathe an emotion, the more it says, you know what? I'm going to get a, switch it up a notch so that you learn. And the more you resist it, the more you're like, hmm, I really need to go grab a drink or grab a cookie or go shopping or go have more sex or gamble or whatever your choice of addiction is to escape or run away or distance yourself from that emotion. Instead, meet it where it's at. Thank it for being here instead of it being too overwhelming. And if you've experienced a lot of trauma in your life, it's harder to do this, but it's a muscle that you keep flexing, that with time, you allow yourself to truly live out of your body because those emotions are stuck in your body, which is why they keep coming up. And which is why, even though you know, I'm not going to do this, when in that moment, you are sensory stimulated, you are activated, you go to that go-to because that's that was your go-to, unless you find another go-to that's more healthier. So then you breathe in in your body and check in. You put one hand where you're experiencing a negative emotion or and not negative because I don't want to judge it. Uh, you just experience whatever it is that you are naming and feeling. And then you access other parts of you that are safe and that are loved. And then you put your hand there and you just keep breathing into that love and that safety frequency. And at some point, you just notice it expanding, expanding, expanding and let those two emotions meet. Wherever it is in your body, just keep breathing into the love and the safety and noticing it expanding. And as you keep noticing them meet, the higher vibrating emotions, which is safety and love, they take care of the lower vibrating emotions. 9.8 times out of 10, I've noticed people when I have them do this exercise, they're like, oh yeah, it feels less tight or less threatening or less scary or less 
but or you some people can tap if you're you know there's a whole tapping thing so you can tap on the emotions that are not so good and you can tap on the emotions that are feeling good and then you let them work itself out and it does eventually but you have to teach yourself that otherwise you keep going back to your unhealthy patterns that that's what we know that's huge. I have tears in my eyes while you're describing this because most of that exercise I've heard before, but I have never heard the balancing with the good, like with yes. the higher frequency parts of us. That is a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. It just first being aware because it's like, you know, when we feel overwhelmed or when we feel fear or sadness, we get so sucked and stuck in it that we don't even see anything else. So eventually when we start seeing, the, the learning here was that, hey, you just notice, you observe, you don't identify as if you are sitting in front of the TV or you observe outside of you, you go outside of you, you close your eyes and just notice connecting with that emotion. A lot of times we just run away from it, resist it, not want to fool it, push it down and all of those things that are so dysfunctional. We just sat with it in compassion as in, I'm here, I feel you, I see you. And just breathing into the love and safety. It, it is truly game-changing. I learned that from my current breathwork facilitation training. So that was a game-changer for me. I'm like, wow, I didn't know how to do that. But yeah, we can be okay, but also parts of us can feel sad. You can be okay when you're not okay. It's just we become our emotions, we become our feelings, and then we're like, oh, my God, this is so scary. This is so overwhelming. And we are so quick to assume that everyone else sees us as we're seeing ourselves in that moment. So we spiral of, oh, they know that I'm anxious. And it's like, you talk to them after yeah. and they're like, oh, you were anxious? Like, I was dying inside. Oh, I had no clue. I didn't notice. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why I have people not do the mindset work because your ego, your mind is neurotic. It's supposed to keep you safe. It's supposed to keep you protected. So it's going to tell you to do all the things. But when you breathe and truly dive into your body, that's where the answers are. Truly dive into your spirit, that's where your answers are. You have the answers. It's just that our mind keeps us from accessing it because that's its idea of keeping us safe. Mm. What, this is a, a very grandiose question, but if <laughs> any, what is the most profound answer that you've found in yourself? Oh, wow, that's a big one. I wouldn't say profound because it's, uh, see, uh, these days I'm learning to live more from my awakened and um, alignment. As I grow, I feel that profoundness shifts. When, you know, I was 20, my capability or my reasoning or the my brain power was only limited to what I could think in that moment when in my 30s I learned some new answers through my new you know I, I feel like life is all about valleys and mountains uh after every valley there's a mountain after every mountain there's always a valley and that's just how it is and as I got used to the uncertainty because I think it's and especially in these times people have the hardest time with uncertainty as in we just want to control everything we want to have all the answers and then we're okay. But if we don't, it's the worst thing ever. And that has been what COVID is. And because I'd been through my own shenanigans, through COVID, I was able to be one of those people who's like, I'm just blessed to be healthy, 
to still have work, to still have a home, to be where I am. And because I was coming from this place of this too shall pass, everything is temporary, not getting so sucked into my sadness or not getting too exhilarated by the mountains, by that happiness. I, I love, I, I used to be such a black and white person. I, I love being in the gray and noticing that there's always so much more learning, unraveling and so much more growth that I'm still only in the process of. Um, so I'm these days more so than before, I'm learning to be okay with my stillness, connecting. Life has its messy moments. Life has its, you know, stuff happening, but not getting too sucked in by it, but learning from it and lo learning from my awakened state, then sitting with my stillness. And I know it exists and growing and expanding that as opposed to getting sucked into things because that's where I used to be and that was scary it was unpleasant and I stayed there for so much longer than I, I needed to or I could have but now I've learned and I am just learning to live in that stillness more and more and more and more every day flexing that muscle because even when it's messy when I come back to my alignment it just feels so calm so safe so peaceful so free that it's like, wow, why, why am I not here more often? Mm, yeah. Are there any anchors that you have where, like, you know you can come back to it in any moment of turmoil? Absolutely. And I continue to build that. So with breath work, that I, I, there is this specific breath work modality that I follow. It's called Pause Breath Work. They have an IG channel you can tune into. There's lots and lots of, like, 20, 30-minute videos and it took a lot of that work. Like I only got introduced to it in this April. And that was, again, from my order to the universe as in, you know, I want to do more. What is my purpose? It is I love my therapy clients, which is like 40 people a week because I'm still part time. I have a toddler. And I was like, I love that. But I feel like we're in such a mental health epidemic right now that I need to serve more people. I need to help more people. But in order to help others, I need to help myself first. So I was in search of something that was like a lot more people can access, that was easily accessible, that was self-healing tool. And it was just like, okay, I can teach, but you know, people can do it on their own too. This program was, again, one of those people, you have to do these things in order for you to show up and, you know, do teach these things to people. So that program starting April, so I, I, I again, it was like one of those synchronicity, synchronistic things that started happening. I interviewed one of my guests for a podcast for, you know, vagal tone and parasympathetic and how to manage your stress and this and that. And she introduced me to someone with breath work. And I'd heard a lot of buzz about breath work on the net and, you know, just practicing yoga and meditation most of my life. I was like, hmm, what is this breath work thing? I'm, I'm Indian. I mean, it has ancient roots. So I was just like, okay, this could be interesting. So I met up with someone who was trained in this particular modality and she just sort of asked me and then I'm one of those people I mean just told me about it and I'm one of those people who dug so much deeper and dived into it and was like oh my god what and it was trauma informed it was very intentional and conscious so it wasn't just sitting and breathing because everybody's like I breathe well everybody breathes but if you consciously breathe you can literally shed those layers off that normally you wouldn't to the to that depth so it was almost like for me there were some uh, aspects through this journey. Like I started in April and between April and now, 
I have been able to shed layers of myself, like shed those abandonment, perfectionism, imposter syndrome layers to be able to truly access that clarity and that stillness that exists within me. But when it was all piled up, I'm like, ah. So I was like, either I go seek an EMDR therapist and get it done, or I actually learn this tool and teach it to others and serve mass number of people and impact a lot of, lot, lot, lot of people. With this practice, it's like it was trauma informed, which was a very big part of me. So I was like, yes, I don't want to push people into doing things that they're not ready for or walk them through this process gently. Um, second was it was very intentional. So intentions could be something as simple as I am love and a lot or I am safe or it is safe to feel. We don't think about that. We don't do that work. We don't dive in with that work. And diving into that work with just mindset is very difficult. It's, 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 it seems very overwhelming and scary. But if you just keep breathing and if you're led in a way, if you're taught to breathe in a way that is intentional and shed those layers that are within us and reclaiming that power that we do all have within us, it can be very monumental and life-changing. Like, it was just amazing. So for my own transformation, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel free. Not that I'm completely there, but I know how to come back to this when things are not aligned or when things are off balance or off my guilt or messy. Ah, yes. (laughs) So good. (laughs) This has been just a massive conversation with so much value in it. And I'm so grateful to you for having it with us. Yes. So for the audience, how can we support you? How can we work with you? Where do we find you? So I am, like I said, when I started, um, my social media presence is quite heavy these days. I am on IG at G Patel Counseling, G-P-A-T-E-L Counseling. You can DM me, you can email me, you can call me. My email is gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com. My website is gpatelcounseling.com. My, I have a Facebook page. I also have a Facebook group that I started in dedication to mothers who are pregnant and uh, new moms uh, and mental wellness support group. Because again, I found myself very alone and not a part of a community because most of my friends were either done having kids or they didn't have kids, so they couldn't relate or see. And I realized that in the postpartum place it was very hard to go through it alone it was easier to go through it with people um you know that were going through the same or having that sense of community so I created my own Facebook group related to that I also have a Facebook group called traumatic transformations emotional intelligence and conscious living because I really wanted to build a community of people who are looking to heal who are looking for tools who are looking for a community that they didn't have but wanted to grow and grow with so uh, all those places. And I also have my podcast, like you mentioned earlier, Traumatic Transformations with Gunjani Patel. So yeah, all these places you can find me easily. Amazing. So audience, if you want Gunjani to come back on the show so we can talk about having a kid in your 30s and the postpartum discovery journey, all of that, oh, send either done. of us a message because... Uh, I would love to know if you guys would take value from that conversation as well. And I would love having another chat with you. So thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to the future. Yes, thank you. And I truly, truly feel very honored to be on the show and to be talking about some of the things that I totally feel 
passionate about that you are too. So this was a great match. I truly appreciate you finding me on the internet. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at crying on my yoga mat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.